Welcome to the Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walked by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. You can find my podcast on iTunes at Faithful Podcast by Stephanie Baker, or contact me on my website at faithfulpodcast.podbean.com. If you enjoy it, please leave me an honest review on my iTunes channel. Reviews help other people to find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. My guest today is Ashley Capsar. To know Ashley is to love her. She's one of the kindest and most sincere people that I've ever known, and she's a true testament to God's faithfulness. Ashley and I met during our college years when we were both heading off to do mission work for a summer in completely different parts of the world. We went through the same organization, and that intense, transformative time bonded us. Ashley and I reconnected last year again, and we bonded over our passion for adoption. Ashley is a mother of two, one biological daughter and one child that joined her family through adoption, and she's pregnant with baby number three. I'm so excited to talk with Ashley today, and um, I know she's seen God's faithfulness throughout her life. So welcome to the show, Ashley. Thanks, Stephanie. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so glad you were able to come. (laughs) (laughs) I forget how long it was that we met, and I think we were roommates before we, like, went mm-hmm. overseas. We were. Right before yeah. our trip, so. We were, yes. yes. On a little training weekend, I think we went to. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Where were you going that summer? I forgot. Um, North Africa. North Africa. Awesome. That was the summer I spent in London, so two totally different That's parts right. of the world, but. Oh, yeah. Neat. It was. It's and then the Lord brought us back to spring, Texas. I know. <laughs> crazy, crazy. It is so crazy how much, um. How often I find that God reconnects friendships that are from years ago, and I just think it's so cool. So, um, Ashley, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I grew up in Spring, Texas. Um, Never thought that I'd live here um, years later um, (laughs) after going away from college and coming back. But um, here we are, and it's really interesting what the Lord's doing in our life and what He's called us to do here in um, Spring. So um, I've been married for eight years to my hubby. (laughs) We just celebrated eight years in November. Um, And his name's Kellen. Um, We both love our Houston sports teams. Guys, Ashley is making (laughs) the ultimate sacrifice. The Rockets are currently playing at Golden State, and she's here with me recording a podcast. (laughs) So we are so thankful for that. Yes, go Rockets. Um, And so we enjoy anything um, Houston sports related and especially anything outdoors. Um, Like you mentioned, we have two kids and one on the way. And so all of our time right now is really spent trying to be intentional with our kids before we add this other little one to Mm. our family. So cool. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Can you tell me a little bit about how you came to know Jesus? Yeah, so I was very fortunate to grow up in a family um, who just loved and followed Jesus. And so from a very little and young age, I remember going to church. And my parents were both very involved in the church that we um, had went to. And so my brother and I were always the ones tagging along, going to services early and staying later and playing in the gym while mom and dad were in meetings. Um, And so I was very fortunate to um, kind of know the Lord at a very early age. 
Um, but it wasn't until really my teen years that I became following or a follower of Jesus. Um, when I was like thir- 12, 13 years old, I had gone to a teen conference. My family was off, I think, with my brother at like a soccer tournament. Uh-huh. And the youth group was going to this conference. And I remember them talking about missions and mission work and they showed all these, you know, teenagers that were just on fire for the Lord, sharing Christ with others. And I came home that night. We were staying. It was the full weekend conference. We were staying in a friend's house. And I remember calling my mom and dad saying, hey, I'm going to spend a summer doing mission work. <laughs> and so at 13, my parents, they had enough faith <laughs> to wow. um, send me um, to Alaska for a summer and for um, two months, I spent it um, just surrounded by other teenagers who I didn't know at the time, but a lot, most of them, well, all of them were older than I was. <laughs> um, but it Your parents really, might have been the only ones crazy enough to send a 13-year-old right? oh or goodness, trusting so. the Lord. Tra- crazy and trusting the Lord. It completely changed my yeah. life, yeah. And so I really, I, yeah, crazy, but choosing to believe awesome. that they totally trust the Lord. And um, so being surrounded by older teenagers that were equally just passionate and serving the Lord and um, really just spurred on my desire for just maturity in Christ and discipleship. And so um, I really learned um, a lot from the Lord that summer and just um, the Lord used me to bring healing to other people, which was a huge um, eye-opener. Wow. And I saw the Lord's power just manifested through me and sharing my faith. Um, and really that summer, the Lord planted a verse in my heart um, that still is kind of a life verse for me. And so at 13, <laughs> um, so 35 years later, well, not 35, I'm 35 now, um, <laughs> but Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of the destitute. Speak up and judge fairly and defend the rights of the poor and needy. Has always kind of been a theme verse for my life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was I was very um, passionate early on, and I feel like, I mean, I've ha- definitely had my mountains and my, my valleys, but the Lord has been so faithful through it all. That's awesome. Man, I... <laughs> I don't know very many 13-year-olds that have uh, served on the mission field. That's pretty cool. And your parents to trust the Lord with that. That's that's incredible. I can't imagine. <laughs> well, and it's really encouraged uh, conversations between me and my husband about really wanting to take our children on family trips and, mm-hmm. and mission trips abroad because of the influence that we both had at early ages of growing up and <clears throat> traveling and kind of being exposed to different worldviews at an early age. That's and so how it shaped cool. us. Man, so cool. Um, so tell me how you and Kellen met. <laughs> At church camp? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, really. So <clears throat> back in 2009, uh, my church sponsored a group of um, boys that lived in a troubled boys' home um, across town to go with us on a, like a midwinter retreat. What organization was that? The Boys Home, uh-huh. um, Youth Reach Houston. I'm familiar with Youth Reach. They're <laughs> awesome. World. They do fantastic well, work. Well, so back in 2009, wow. Kellen worked as a counselor um, for them. And so I went with my church um, as a junior high girls counselor. Mm-hmm. And then Kellen was the boys counselor for for these guys. So we met and um, 
had lots of really great conversations and then through an intense round of Scrabble, we exchanged email addresses. Wow. <laughs> and then through that, um, we just connected um, when we got back home and um, that led to an engagement four months later. And then six months after that, we were married. Wow. Your story sounds <laughs> a lot like, like mine or my husband's. We connected very much over an intense game of Connect Four. Ooh. Yeah. And a very short dating slash engagement period as well. Yeah. We're pretty competitive when it comes to our games. Yeah. And also to like engagements, I guess, like see how short you can Uh-oh. keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We are very competitive folks. So um, I know that you and Kellen both feel very strongly about adoption. So can you kind of tell me about how it came about that you decided together that you wanted to adopt? Sure. So I feel like when looking back that the Lord was planting seeds um, throughout both Kellen and I's life. And um, Kellen came from a family who his parents, um, they had four biological children and he was the last of the four. Mm -hmm. And then um, when he was very young, they started fostering kids. And so his youngest two siblings um, were adopted. And so he was exposed to that very early on. And, um, and then myself doing mission work um, throughout all of really my high school and my, my college years. Um, I worked in orphanages um, off and on through other organizations. And so the Lord had definitely planted um, just a desire in my heart. He definitely showed us both the need for um, for adoption and adopting these children and, and a love for them in our hearts. And then when we started to talk about having a family, it took longer than we thought. And so, of course, there were some conversations about fostering and adopting then. And then um, we got pregnant. And so those were kind of put back on the on the back burner for a little bit, a little bit. And then when we had Violet, our biological ch- child, um, Kellen was a nurse at the time and he was switching jobs and looking for a new position and then within the nursing field and decided to try out pediatric home health. And so sure enough, he got the job and his first house was, um, a foster family and Aww. his first patient was a foster child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the Lord kept on using um, just different circumstances in both of our minds and our hearts um, to just bring up foster care and adoption. And so through that, um, we just became really great friends with the family that he was um, a nurse for. And we would do weekly dinners with them. Violet, my daughter, and I would join them. And then, I mean, of course, Kellen was over there a lot working with the kids. And then um, we just developed a really strong relationship with them. That's awesome. That's really cool. So now you can tell me about y'all's personal adoption path, (laughs) the path that God has taken you on. So as um, this family, they they had three kids at the time Kellen first started working with them, three foster kids. And we quickly became short-term caregivers, um, which means that you do some paperwork and background checks um, in order to kind of be approved babysitters Uh (laughs) um, for 
other foster families. And so if you don't know, like foster families can't just have anyone watch their children. Right. And so it's it's hard for the parents because they can't get away very often. Mm-hmm. So we became short-term caregivers in order to really um, just continue to love on this family that became um, so dear to us. And then one um, day, Monica, the foster mom, called mm-hmm. me, and she was super excited, saying, we're going to get a baby, a placement for a baby. Mm-hmm. And so we quickly awesome. got all of our our baby stuff. Violet was a year old at that point, so the swings, the... the um, the baby bath and the little bouncer, all that, and loaded our car up and took it over there and dropped it off. And I had gone to a consignment store that weekend and got some boy baby clothes. Um, we were just excited with them because uh-huh. they were always wanting a little baby placement. So um, this baby also had medical needs and was coming straight from the hospital. So um, this little man... Um, would be Kellen's new patient as well. So um, Kellen would was still nursing um, or still spending time with him as his nurse. Uh-huh. And um, my family would be over there quite a bit too because we had loved on these kids that were over there for so long. So fast forward a couple months later, we were doing respite care for the family. They had just found out that they were pregnant Um, and we were super excited for them and they got away for the weekend and we were taking pictures. I think that weekend I was really like (laughs) excited to have older girls in the house. And Uh so we had a fun weekend planned of like crafts and, um, pedicures and like a princess party. Uh And, um, I was sending pictures to Monica and Joel and, um, I sent her a picture of the little man, and she said, oh, he's so happy. Uh, I think he wants to stay at your house forever. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, what? (laughs) And she said, we'd like to talk to you guys when we get back. We've been praying about this. And so because they were expecting, um, they didn't find it. They didn't think that they would have – they thought it would be a little too much for them to have – the little man and their new child too, along with other foster kids. Mm -hmm. So she asked us to pray about it. And I think I immediately called Stephanie (laughs) at that point because I was like, Stephanie, tell me everything you know about foster care and adoption. (laughs) Which isn't all that much. (laughs) It was a ton for me at that point. So we, um, Kellen and I were just kind of like shocked So I think we spent like two days praying. We said we were going to spend like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And after two days, we were like, this is a yes. Like, Mm. it just, it it makes sense. Like, this is, this is the Lord like leading us. Mm -hmm. And when we looked back and we saw how we took Violet's stuff when she was born and we took it over there and gave it to this little man. Just like a sibling already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, we have pictures of Violet and him when they were tiny. And so it's just neat to see what the Lord has done. So we, um, so we quickly did all of our paperwork and all of our classes within a couple months, um, to get licensed for becoming foster parents. Mm. So that was the beginning of our journey. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, um, you kind of mentioned this, but uh, your your foster child um, that is soon to be adopted, which is so exciting, um, 
he has some medical needs. So what is that kind of process been like? I mean, you have Kellen who has all this nursing background, but when it's your own child, I'm sure that's a lot different too. Yeah. So when Kellen started working with foster kids that had medical needs, um, our eyes were kind of open to just how much of a need it was for foster homes um, to accept medically needy children. And some of these children... They would come from all over the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to come to a house that was equipped and trained um, for medically needy children. So we didn't really know why Kellen chose nursing as his degree. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a, a path that interests him, but he didn't really know what exactly he wanted mm-hmm. um, to do with it. And so we kind of we prayed about it and felt like maybe this is why. And you don't have to have a nursing degree to become a a primary medically needy um, foster family. Mm -hmm. But in our case, it kind of helped us. Um, And so I have learned everything that really Kellen does for for our little man (laughs) as a mom. An honorary nursing degree. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. But our little guy, his needs are pretty, um, I mean, I would say they're minimal. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a G button, and so he had some feeding issues when he was born, and he's now two and a half, and he still... Um, has some issues. And so in order for us to make sure he gets all of his calories and nutrition, um, we do feedings um, through his G button, which is just a little tube that goes straight to his little belly. Um, Mm -hmm. So we tell our our three-year-old that it's just so he can grow big and strong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's it. Most people that would meet him would never know that he has a G button. Mm -hmm. But... um, because of that, he's kind of classified as medically needy. That's great that you brought up that you don't have to have some kind of medical background because I think um, it's really easy to be intimidated by the thought of some a child with medical needs. You think like the most severe needs, and even even still, I mean, if it if it was your biological child, you would learn and you would adapt. But For sure. um, but there are kids that have that classification that like. Yes, it's, you know, there's a learning curve, but like it's not something that mm-hmm. the average person can't be equipped for. You right. know, they, there are there is training, you know, that's available. There are resources available so that you can provide good care to your child. Yes, definitely. There are more appointments, but there's lots of things to celebrate too with the medically needy children mm. or a child. Um just I mean like our little man, he didn't eat hardly anything by mouth. And now he eats quite a bit. I mean, he likes to snack all the time, like to see this child who would never really get hungry, ask for food is, um, I mean, it's, it's a huge achievement. Uh (laughs) And so, um, there's lots of things to celebrate with medically needy children. That's so great that you guys are able to provide that environment and you get to rejoice with them. That's so cool. Um, so what's been the biggest unexpected blessing of adoption for your family? Probably the biggest unexpected blessing would be seeing how my daughter, um, Violet has interacted and kind of, um, taken on this role of, of really becoming a foster family to our foster sibling to Mm -hmm. this little man. Um, a lot of people 
um, kind of would act negative. Like, why are you bringing someone that has special needs into your little family? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how is she going to react? She's going to grow up with, you know, a special needs um, brother and um, it's going to take away time from her. And the thing about Violet is whether it's our little man or the, we have foster kids that live across the street now from us mm-hmm. and she's grown up ever since she's one being surround her best friends being foster kids and so she knows no color mm-hmm. um her babies are all different colors right <laughs> um she knows no disability she doesn't see that she sees past it and just loves on these kids every night she prays literally for every foster kid she knows wow um by name and so i just really feel like the lord just as he's called Cal and i to this he has just overwhelmed my heart with just um, his faithfulness and calling Violet, our three-year-old, mm-hmm. to to love on these kids just as much as he's called Kellen and I. That's so cool. Yeah, she's a she's a very sweet, um, kind, and like passionate kid, and I think that's really awesome. I think anytime you bring somebody into your family, whether that's um, more of a permanent thing or a semi-permanent letting your children see that we love people that look a little different than us, that may have other issues that we don't happen to deal with is so important for our kids. Like, um, you know, we've had some issues. Our children are a different race than us. And when I think it's really important for parents that are maybe especially Caucasian, I I think that's just because it's easier to kind of isolate yourself sometimes. But no matter what your race is, to have friends that are other races, because if your kid sees like, oh, you know, maybe they call them affectionately uncle or aunt, whatever, you know, this dear friend of our family is a different race and I love them and I care about them and I know they care about me, they're going to be a lot less likely to make offhand comments about a different race. Or if they know or care about somebody who has a special need, whether that's a medical need or a learning disability or whatever it might be, um, they're, they're going to be more likely to advocate for them. And I think that's so important that we train our kids to speak up, like you said, um, speak up for those that can't speak up. And you know, it's a lot easier for Violet as a child without any kind of needs in that particular area to be the voice for someone else. Mm-hmm. It means it means a lot more, honestly. I mean, she uses that to um, to speak up for others. So I think that's that's such a good point. Like our families need diversity in them. They, you know, we need to embrace those that look different than us. And that's so cool. That's what the kingdom of God is. Yeah. I mean, it's And it's normal for her. Mm-hmm. I've seen her bring her baby dolls and start feeding them through an imaginary G button <laughs> <laughs> with the medical supplies. That's awesome. That's... And she just thinks the baby's growing big and strong. <laughs> right? That's so cool. That's, that's awesome. So she's also taking... You know, taking an interest in the medical side, too. Oh, for sure. She feeds Leo, too, just with us. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you've gone through a lot, and um, I didn't really, like, ask you this particularly ahead of time, but, you know, in the midst of your adoption, you had a pretty big setback in there. And um, I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about that as well, but... Um, 
I, yeah, just go ahead and tell yeah. me about a little bit about that part. So one week before we were supposed to get um, our little man um, in our home as as being foster parents, um, Hurricane Harvey hit, mm. and our home had never flooded before, and um, we had to be rescued by a a team of first responders. Um, to, so we were taken out of our house, and then. When we returned four days later, um, we we saw that there were there's about three and a half four feet of water in, all in our house, and so I was pretty devastated. It was probably the past year has been probably the rough, roughest year of my life, the most challenging for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't just a home that was destroyed by the hurricane. For me, it was, you know, the hopes and the dreams of, you know, this was my family that was being built and we were mm-hmm. opening our doors and this is what the Lord had called us to do. And then just in one day, it was pretty much like shut in my mind for a while. And so I didn't know what it looked like. I'm a planner. And so mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to think, okay, how long is it going to take to rebuild our house? Should we move in with like family and have them approved for fostering? And mm-hmm. so all these different scenarios were played out in my mind. Um, and the Lord just used um, Isaiah 41 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And I just daily had to say, Lord, I need you to uphold me today. Um, I don't know what's ahead of me, um, but I know that my strength comes from you. Mm. And so um, step by step, now I said it was the most challenging and probably the most rough year, but I, it was also the year that I saw the Lord's presence just overwhelm me um, daily. So... We um, were contacted by Orphan Care Solutions, which is a organization that links um, churches and other organizations to help foster families and orphans in the state of Texas. And um, they <laughs> they worked with our local radio station here, KSBJ, and um, people, just complete strangers. Um, furnished our house like wow. completely <laughs> over mm. and beyond what I had ever thought. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, packages just showed up daily and um, people, workers to work in the house that we didn't know. People would bring meals we didn't know. And so mm-hmm. all of it was just the presence of the Lord through people mm-hmm. that were just encouraging our hearts. Yeah. I, I remember like talking to you through some of this time and um, just kind of the questions that were like, okay, well, I thought we were supposed to adopt. And, you know, as is normal in a marriage, you kind of came at it from two different perspectives. And, um, I mean, my husband and I had a similar issue right before (laughs) our kids moved in. And um, that can put some stress on a marriage on top of the fact that you have this life-altering event and... um, I think it's it was really cool to watch you through that and to watch the way that um, you stayed faithful. Uh, every time I spoke to you, um, you always were looking, you know, and seeing God's faithfulness in that. And every time that um, we discussed it, it was like, okay, well, God's got His plan. And I think it's also amazing that like you didn't just say, okay, this is this must be God's way of saying that we're not supposed to do this. And I think sometimes we do that as soon as there's like one little 
not got, little. I, I, I don't mean to demean the fact no. that your home was uprooted, you know, whatever. But like there's one, we hit that roadblock. We're like, okay, this must not be from the Lord. And I don't think that's how God works because I think God wanted you to go through this experience as terrible as that, you know, God wanted to grow you. He wanted the growth that was going to come from that, not necessarily all the the hard stuff, but sometimes it's so important for your family to be who it needs to be. And gosh, I can't, I, I mean, you guys don't know Ashley, but just the amount of praise that she gave to the Lord during that time was just incredible. And, um, and it was just, it was amazing to see like our, you know, we've, we knew a lot of people that were, you know, experienced life altering, you know, flooding, like moved out of their homes. And I can't say that for everybody. And I, I know that that, you know, everybody grieves differently, but it was, it was an encouragement to everybody. I'm sure that came in contact with you and your family. It's not just you because Kellen is amazing too. Um, and I know Violet did great through all of that, but just, you know, praise to God because you, you know, you did so, you were faithful in that and you saw God's faithfulness because of it. It could have been easy to turn away, but you didn't. Well, and the thing is, is we were not alone through any of it Mm. at all. Um, not only, you know, did we try to find our strength in the Lord and it wasn't always easy Uh (laughs) making constant decisions about every little thing in a house being built and a husband who has his opinions and I'm very opinionated too, (laughs) (laughs) brought us to some marriage counseling sessions, but, um, just the overwhelming help from our community and friends and different agencies and our foster agency, if anything, um, it just over and over and over confirmed that, um, this little man was supposed to be a part of our family. Mm. And so um, there wasn't any doubt in our minds moving forward. Now, the timing of it is something that Kelly and I disagreed on for mm. a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to hurry up and get the house done so we could get we could get him. And he wanted the chaos to kind of uh, die down a little bit. Yeah. But it was God's perfect timing when he brought him into our family. So That's so cool. Um what is the best and the worst piece of advice you think you've received in this process? <laughs> um, let's see. The best would probably be to make sure that you take time for yourself and your marriage because it's important. Um, foster care is very rewarding, but it's very hard to. You have people that are constantly coming in your house with CPS and with your agency and then paperwork and Especially for medically needy children, you have a lot of appointments to go to. And so Mm -hmm. it's really easy just to kind of um, put yourself on the back burner. And, um, but it's so important to make sure that you have um, just connection to the Lord through His Word, that that's a priority, that your marriage is a priority linked together with other foster. Um, our adoptive families that can watch your kids, Mm -hmm. that you can do date nights for. Um, We have that. Um, but making sure that you and your marriage is a priority is probably the best advice <laughs> that was given to us. Yeah, that's great. I think that's really, really good. And the worst advice? <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what we hear often um, is don't get too attached to these kids. They may oh, not stay gosh. in your home forever. Yeah. Um, oh, it makes me kind of cringe when I hear that. And I get it. 
um, friends and family, they don't want to see you hurting. Mm-hmm. And honestly, with foster care, there's a good chance that the child will leave your home um, just because the main goal of foster care is to reunify the biological mm. family together. <laughs> yeah. And so this part is what scares a lot of people off from the beginning. Um, the idea of having to, to love someone, accept them in your family, your kids get used to them, and then you have to let them go. Mm. Um, but this is the thing, though. If it scares you, it probably means that you'd be an excellent foster parent. Yeah. Because um, that's what these kids need most is mm. someone who will just simply go through, someone who will not just go through the motions, um, but will embrace these children's children in their scariest and their most traumatic moments yeah. um, and just love them for where they are. And if you do that, then honestly, it should break your heart when they leave because um, that means that you gave them what they needed the most, and that's just a love, yeah. a loving family. That's really good. I think that a lot of people are very nervous of foster care because of the unknown. And, you know, there's so many things we go through that there's so many unknowns, and, like, we're willing to take on that risk. But I think with kids, we, we know that we're going to get attached. And like you said, that's... That's exactly the point. Like, if you're not going to be attached to a child, then that's going to be a really rough place to be. Yeah. And um, and knowing God's God's sovereignty in that, in that, you know, sometimes it's a temporary thing, and sometimes it's forever. And God, God is, you know, sovereign over it all. But gosh, it hurts sometimes. And I know a lot of people that have been through those kind of moments, and for them, that was. Some for some, they couldn't handle it anymore, and that's understandable. Mm-hmm. I I can't I can't put myself in that position. I don't know, but for some, it was like, okay, we know we can do this. And actually, a good friend of mine, uh, it was like, okay, we want more than one kid because we <laughs> we know we can handle a little bit more. And um, and I think that's so that's just so beautiful. Like that's you know, God has gifted us all differently, but you know, just. Like you said, not to be not to be afraid, but to know that like if God's calling you to it, then He's going to equip you for it. And um, yes, there are plenty of hard things that we go through, whether that's the child, you know, being removed from your home or you know just the day to day. But um, but God is God is good, and God is taking care of all these things. And there's so many beautiful moments in the midst of that. Yes. Yeah. One thing that has surprised me, too, is the overwhelming, um, I guess, foster care community that's around us. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't realize, um, but apparently Klein ISD has the highest amount of foster kids in the district in the state of Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. Is what I heard this past weekend at mm-hmm. church. Um, and so if that tells you anything, that means there's lots of foster families in our backyard. Wow. And... Um, quickly after we became licensed, um, we just had people reaching out to us saying, Hey, like there's a support group here. And within probably 30 minutes, there's, I think three or four foster closets that mm-hmm. will give you, uh, people have donated clothes and, and baby stuff and toys and all kinds of things that are just free and open for foster families to come and take. Um, for their foster kids and then support groups all over the city. Um, and we've been a part of several of them and just, I mean, in foster care, you have really hard days. And like Mm -hmm. we just talked about, you know, losing a child, 
but you have a community of people that understand and that know how to support you and get you through those hard times. Yeah. And I'm often <laughs> have people tell me, Ashley, you can do the hard things. Like mm-hmm. you can do this. Yeah. And so they're my little cheerleaders. <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah. That's I mean, foster adoptive families are pretty tight knit. We can kind of look at each other and we're like, yeah, you know what's up. Yeah. You, you know that this is not this isn't like a quote unquote, like normal family. And we're, we're kind of proud of that. Like we wear it as like a a badge of honor. Like we're, we, we look a little different, but it's, you know, this is beautiful to us. This is Mm -hmm. what we think is the most beautiful thing. And I mean, I'll see families, you know, particularly in our situation with that interracial adoption, I see other families sometimes around and I just like smile at them. I'm like, I don't know if they look at me the same way, but I'm like, Hey, I, I get it. I get it. And, or, you know, you see the mom that, you know, they, you can tell that, you know, they, you know, in these foster groups and stuff that is really struggling and you can just be that voice of encouragement because you, you know, that there's those hard days. And, um, for, for me, I've heard, you know, things like, why would you want to go through this? This is like putting extra burden on yourself. Like why, why would you want to do this? And it's like, because at the end of the day, like you, you have, you've made a, you know, God has made this family and it's, and it's beautiful. And it's, um, just, yeah, something that this, like, I I can't imagine my kids now not having a forever home. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I let my mind go there and it like brings tears to my eyes. Um, but it's, it's beautiful what God has done. Um, so I really appreciate all that you, all of your advice, the good and the bad. And, um, yeah, God, God's good. Even, even with that bad advice, (laughs) sometimes we know what their heart is and we know that and we want to, they just want to protect us. They want to protect you. It's Mm -hmm. true. There's even the worst advice. I think you can see the heart behind it. I think that's pretty cool. So is there anything that you're reading or watching or listening to that you would love to recommend? Um, so for podcast, I pretty much listen to Focus on the Family every oh, okay. single morning. Oh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> um, it's one of the things my mom did when I was younger and way later in life. I uh-huh. thought, hmm, maybe I should listen to it. But it's just encouraging. It's about family and your relationship with your spouse, your kids, um, reaching out. And so it's just always encouraging. Um, as far as reading I love anything that's Karen Purvis with Mm. the connected child. It's kind of been known as like the foster parent, adoptive parents um, handbook. And so if anyone is interested in learning more about how to connect with a foster child, um, I highly recommend her book. And then watching... Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of year now. Right? Yeah. I mentioned some me time mm-hmm. earlier as being essential, and that is just kind of my breakaway moments. <laughs> mm-hmm. You watch This Is Us, too, right? Oh, yes. That oh, is, completely. That's a tearjerker. That's the most, like, mainstream normal, like, a most mainstream show that I feel like addresses those, a lot of these issues that we see in adoption and foster mm-hmm. care and um, along with so many other issues. So yeah, I, agree. I remember bonding over that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Parenthood was another one. Oh yeah. That was so good. That's really good. <laughs> um, well, I'm so thankful that you were able to come tonight and giving up your time during the Rockets game. You're still going <laughs> to get to catch part of it, hopefully. 
I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure my husband will make me watch the whole thing. The again. whole thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good husband. You know, you guys are some serious Rockets fans. That's amazing. That's that's great. Um, I really appreciate you taking your time out, and I think that so much of what you said can resonate a lot. And um, November is National Adoption it Month, is. and so thought it was appropriate for us to discuss that. And so, um, if you guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and um, if you want to leave me a review on my iTunes page, that would be amazing. Um, The more reviews that I have, the more that people are able to find my podcast, but it's Faithful Podcast uh, by Stephanie Baker, or you can go to faithfulpodcast.podbean.com to reach me there. Um, My email is also faithfulpodcast at gmail.com. So I hope you guys have a great date. Be blessed. Have a good one.